the prophet Haggai chapter 1, verse 2 through verse 10. And I'm going to read King James Version. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, saying, But is it time for you who dwell in your nice houses and this house lie in waste? Now, therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You've sown much, but you brought in little. You eat, but it's never enough. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you're still not warm. You work all of those hours and earn wages to put it in a bag with holes. So what the Lord is saying is consider your ways. Go up to the mountain. Oh, that's what we're going to do this week. Hallelujah. Bring wood. Build the house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, said the Lord. You looked for much and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew on it. Why? Because look at my house. It's left in waste. And you run every man into his own house. Last verse. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew. And the earth is stayed from her fruit. And all of God's people said, Amen. Share this uh, message with the person beside you. You can be seated. Tell them, I'm ready for the release. I'm ready for the release. So, we're here for revival this week. And oftentimes when we use words in our church jargon or vernacular, we have these preconceived definitions. And how we define these words will determine often our expectation. Um, when we say revival, most of us culturally interpret that. Um, when I was growing up, a revival was a whole week. Then we kind of brought it down to five days. <laughs> then three days. And now in the U.S. we have one night revivals. <laughs> you would get a good charismatic preacher with some kind of charisma and you would invite church choirs from the community to sing every night because we're having revival. But what is revival? What, what is, really what is revival? When we say we want revival, revival is a returning. It's a, it's a returning to God and it's a returning to the things of God. And I know what some of us would say, well, I'm good because I go to church. I'm good because I have Bibles and Bible commentaries and, and Bible literature. But you know, it's possible to do church without doing God. Oh, I'm going to move through here in just a moment. It's, it's possible to know all the church jargon, 
Where your lips are close to God, but your heart is at a distance. The picture in eschatology concerning the last days and the signs of the last days was not that many would depart from the church. It says many would depart from the, from the faith. In other words, there will be singers who sing the lyrics, but they no longer believe the song. Preachers who preach from the scriptures without having a revelation of the word. And it's easy. It's easy to find yourself in a mundane routine where you end up in survival mode just to look up one day and find out that you, you're at a distance from, from the one that called you. Climbing these corporate ladders just to get to the top of the ladder to find out you're up against the wrong building. I want you to look at the person beside you and tell them in this season of my life, I'm not going through doors. My faith can't come with me. Many of us have compromised our faith for opportunities. Mm. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Beautiful scripture. Very poetic, very romantic, very uh, prophetic. When I was growing up, I didn't even hear about Jeremiah 29 and 11. I didn't. It was Psalm 23, right? And everybody knew Psalm 23. I mean, if you went in someone's house, you might would see some home decor that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But look like over the last 10 years, this Jeremiah 29 and 11 is taking some sort of traction. I mean, you can get cards when someone gets married. You can give them a card that says, I know the plans I have toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you into an expected end. Huh. Or when someone graduates, you can pray over them and speak over them. says, God is going to bless you in your future. You graduated from the university. God knows the plans he has toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Beautiful. But to have the full context of that scripture, you got to read the verses before it. Verse 10 says, I'm going to allow you to be carried away into captivity for 70 years. But I know the plans. <laughs> I'm going to fix it where you're going to go through one of the worst seasons of your life. But I got a plan. I'm going to allow you to be lured in with the prophecy and dropped in the middle of a process that looks nothing like what I said, but I got a plan. I got a plan. Tell somebody on your road, tell them God's got a plan. And I know, I know this kind of dialogue, it's not emotionally stimulating. It won't make you shout. It won't make you run around. It's very sobering because the truth is there's some things that are not going to turn around in 72 hours. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. All right. Some things the scripture says after you have suffered a while. He says, I'm going to allow you because of your disobedience, I'm going to allow you to be carried away for a season. 70 years. He said, listen, no, go ahead and get married. Go ahead and build your houses because you're going to be in it for a minute. But I got a plan. I got a plan. And we see revival taking place. At the end of the captivity, 
at the end of the correction, the chastisement, and the realignment, I want you to look at somebody and tell them it was all necessary. See, I told the Lord, this is where I met with God. Um, if you're going to correct me, correct me. If you're going to chastise me, chastise me. But never let me get to a place where I can't hear you. Okay, all right. See, there's some people who want to be right. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about just being right. I want to be right with God. Because the Bible says, in that day, many shall say, Lord, Lord, I prophesied. Okay, y'all not going to hear this tonight. I prophesied in thy name. I cast, it didn't say I tried to prophesy. It didn't say I tried to cast out. He says, I did it. But then he says, depart from me. I know you not. I don't want to just be used by God. I want to be loved by God and the Bible says God chastens those he corrects those that he loves I need about 50 people in here to praise God not for promotion but praise him for correction praise him because he didn't let you get away with it praise him because you still got conviction look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I may have done it but I felt different about it I am not satisfied with being in sin I thank him for correction because there's some folk that will cuss and lie and still come to the stage and lead praise and worship with no conviction. There are preachers who would cheat, sneak and steal and still jump up and prophesy but at the end of the day it's not important to me that I be a bishop. It's not important to me that I be a worship leader. It's important to me that I'm saved. I want to be saved. I want to, uh, I want to be in right standing with God. So there's a return. Y'all be seated. There's a return. There's a return. But the return happens in phases. This is why I say this. Because some of us, it took us more than one day to get in it. So it may take us more than one church service to come out of it. Some of our deliverances come in 20 and 50 and 100 fold. It's, it's a process. I, I know what you're saying. No, when I came to Jesus, when I made up my mind, everything changed. No, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that when you got saved or when you repented and when you came and laid on the altar that God changed some things about you immediately. I'm just saying you're not telling the whole story. Okay, I need, some, I need an honest section in here. Just one real section. Come on, yes. Yes, when you gave it up and surrendered, y'all need to be honest because some of the new converts are confused because they came to get saved and they feel like they don't have what you have because it looks like you got everything together. You need to tell them, yes, there's some things that changed about me immediately, but there's some things that God had to work out of me in a process. And if I be honest, there's still some things that God is still pull it up out of me look at your neighbor tell your neighbor it's a process but what's important is that you stay in the process the bible says you are cleansed through the word that's why i need the word i said that's why i need the word people up here debate with me say well do you have to have the holy ghost to go to heaven do you gotta speak in tongue to go to heaven no you need the holy ghost to live in the house with your family you need the holy oh y'all not saying in a minute you need the holy ghost to survive a line in starbucks yes you need the holy ghost it takes the holy ghost to lead you and guide you into all truth and righteousness 
It's a process. Scream at somebody. Tell them I'm making my way back. No, I said scream at them. Tell them I'm making my way back. Now see, I know your neighbor is not deaf, but I need you to scream it so the demons that have tried to keep you trapped hear you saying, shout, I'm making my way back. I've lost some stuff in the process. I've lost some stuff in transition. I've been strong for everybody else. I've had a word for everybody else, but on the inside, I've lost some things in this last season, but I'm So when you see me worshiping, I'm not doing it for the camera. I'm making my way back. When you see me crying, I'm not doing it for attention. I'm making my When you saw me running, I'm running out of some stuff because I'm trying to make my way back. And so God, God raises up Ezra. And Ezra's assignment is to... Give the people a holy frustration. Because after you settle for a while in what you're in, after a while you begin to normalize your dysfunction. <laughs> and after a while, you think this is normal. But let me tell you something. Healing is the children's bread. So it's not God's desire for you to be saved and depressed it's not God's desire oh, y'all ain't gonna say nothing in here it's not God's desire for you to go to a church service jump and shout and dance give your money run around the church and then go home and have to deal with anxiety every night that's not God's desire for you stop normalizing dysfunction God just don't want you to be powerful in the church and then weak at home hallelujah I want God wants your marriage to reflect your ministry come on God wants your children to reflect the word that you're speaking out of your mouth Ezra said let's go back but Ezra's assignment to them is very uh, complicated and controversial because Ezra says we're going we're going back but uh, before we go back y'all need to do something y'all need to get a divorce I know I'm talking in this American southern dialect but y'all understand y'all don't you Tell your neighbor, that's all of us. <laughs> you need to get a divorce. What are you talking about? He says, because during the time of you being in bondage, you've come into covenant with your captivity. Jesus. And you know it. You can pick it up. When, when people who are on fire for God, now they're looking strange. People who stood with the leader, yeah, amen, Bishop. Now they're looking a little off. People who went from uh, from serving to sitting, because we're gonna give somebody else a chance. And I'm working on my degree, and I got some other things I want to do. So they go from serving to sitting, and then from sitting to a sabbatical. Now I'm trying to figure out what do you need a sabbatical from. What is your excuse? All of you who blame the church for your dysfunction, what is your excuse after some of you were quarantined over a whole year? How can you now? I'm all churched out. No, how are you all churched out now? You've been at home. 
You blame the church. You blame the preacher. You blame your family. You blame your last name. When the truth is, you have come into covenant with your captivity. And now you want God to bless what he never assigned. I need you to tell somebody, I don't trust myself to choose for myself. Now, now see, some of y'all said it, but you don't mean it. I'm at a place in my life now, I don't have any more time to waste or any more time to lose. The last time I chose for myself, I set myself back for five years. I'm not willing to go through around another cycle in my life. God says, Ezra speaks to them and says, it's time for you to divorce what you came into covenant with. I need somebody to throw your hands up in the air and shout, break it up, break it up. I know y'all come for revival and some of you want to hear about a miracle, but the miracle that some of you are going to get this week is in your spirit. God is going to sever some things. He's going to cut up some things. He's going to break up some things. Because we're going to return but everything attached to you can't come with you. And that is so hard. That is hard. Because not only did he tell them divorce your wives but he says, send their kids with them too. This is a scripture we don't really preach about because there's a little tension with it. He says, send, send their kids with them. In other words, not only do I want you to break that covenant with them, but also release the fruit of it. Because some of you, when God tells you to cut off somebody, you start compromising what you heard. When your feelings get, oh my God. God told you to leave him alone. Now you're going to say, well, we're going to just be friends because you like my best friend. The devil is a liar. How are you calling something that kept you in a toxic cycle your friend? Y'all keep on calling the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3. But the gate was a sign of a hindrance that was keeping a lame man from going in. Some of us are distracted by what's trying to kill us. He said, cut it off and send their kids. Because when God gets ready to bring you into covenant, he's, he does not acknowledge what was birthed after the flesh. He only acknowledges what was birthed after the spirit. Abraham, take Isaac, your only son. We know Isaac wasn't his only son. But God says, I can't use what you produce after the flesh to bring you into covenant. Whoo. So Ezra said, we're going to return. And we're calling for a divorce of things that was attached to our captivity. Then God says, come here, Nehemiah. I want to send you to rebuild the wall. And when we go rebuild the walls, the assignment is build up the wall that is closest to your house. And what knocks some of us back in past seasons is that we knew too much. We were so overexposed to other people's lives. See, everybody trying to press in an inner circle at work and in ministry. But maybe it's age. The older I get, I'm okay with the less I know. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know some of y'all want to know everybody's business and 
who with who and who slept with. No, 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 no. It's taking all of my time to make sure I stay on the altar. Girl, have you heard? I haven't heard anything. My face has been on the floor and my ear has been close to the lips of God. There's a gross underbelly in the church where all of us want to be in everybody's business. We want to have, y'all want to call out fornication. You want to call out abortion and homosexuality, but we need to call out this gossiping spirit. It's a murdering spirit that has caused division in the church and the reason why we can't have revival because we're so busy looking across I've come to break up every group chat I come to break up every secret group chat how y'all gonna have all of those conversations privately but then when we get in a meeting you ain't got nothing to say that's a whispering spirit I can't trust people who have so much to say in secret but when they have an opportunity to speak up oh I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good the spirit of Absalom that disguises itself as covenant brothers and sisters it's the spirit of an assassin that will walk with you long enough to know your tendency learn your business act like they're gonna be your prayer partner conjuring up prophetic words just to win your loyalty just to in turn assassinate your character because what happens is that they can't control you. If you won't let them control you, then they're going to try to control how other people see you. And the people are going to believe it because you gave them a seat at your table. But I come in the power of the Holy Ghost to break up every unholy alliance. I need some deliverance warriors in this room. I need somebody to know I'm not afraid of a witch and a warlock, whether they wearing a black hat or whether they sitting at a table with a pair of khakis. I break it up now in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, stick to your part of the wall. Because so many of us have so many opinions. If it ain't your battle, it'll become your distraction. Well, what do you think about, I, I got to stick to my part of the wall. Why? Because if I don't stick to fortifying my part of the wall, when the enemy comes, I will be left in a vulnerable situation. And that's how some of us are in need of revival. Because the enemy lured us in to fight in battles we were not called to fight. And I know, I know it's easy for us to talk about those who struggle with particular sins. But I'm going to talk about you that struggle with this hero complex. Where you need to keep people around you that's needy. You need to keep... You need to keep dysfunctional people around you so you can be their hero. I'm talking about you like having people under you. You can't handle relationships with colleagues. Because colleagues for you is competition. I ain't never in my life seen everybody got spiritual sons and daughters. And you ain't never birthed nobody. You ain't birthed nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing I'm in here. How many apostles we got that don't have a physical address? All they have is a Facebook page. The devil is a liar. There's some people who want to keep you into captivity. They want you to stay depressed because they want to be your savior. But in this season, you need to realize everybody that's in the water and screaming are not drowning. Some people are enjoying the water that they are in. So Nehemiah says, 
Turn to your part of the wall and somebody shout build. My introduction is always long, so I'm finishing now. We have a return. We have a rebuilding of the wall. But now, hey guys, looking. He said, we made it back. Huh. The wall is up. Y'all houses are looking good. But look at the temple. Look at the house of God. Everybody that went into captivity didn't make it back. But God says, I kept you alive for this moment and look at my house. Well, hey guy, I, I know what you're saying, but uh, it's not a good time. It, it's, it's really not a good time. I got some other things I want to get done first before I do what God has called me to do. I, I, got, I want to finish this degree and uh, if I can pay off a couple of things and then maybe I'll surrender. I want to tell you something. You have not been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. I want to speak to everybody who's making excuses for why you have delayed your surrender. You're waiting for a better time. But the winter has passed, the scripture said. The summer's come and we're still not saved. Because you think about it. You think about it. Time has happened to you. A few days ago, you couldn't wait to get out of your mama's house. Now being a grown-up is overrated. Some of us wish we could go back for a week with no bills. And my only assignment was to keep my room clean. I just wish. Time has happened. And I don't care how much you fry it and how much you add to it or how much you diet. Time has happened to us. I said, take off running, and some of y'all, it took a little longer to get out the chair than it did, took to run around the room. Because time has come. We're making excuses for why we're not sold out to the assignment of God. Oh, this is revival, y'all. This is revival. This is revival. He says, but hold on. You're going to say it's not time to build a house, but it's okay for you to build yours? As a matter of fact, you built your house, now you paving your, your parking lot. You're, you're putting a new roof on. You, you're redecorating. In other words, you've been here long enough. Mm. I didn't come to talk to those who are ignorant concerning their assignment. I come to talk to those who are rebellious concerning your assignment. How long will you shrug it off? How long will you push it back? Well, I would, but 
Some things happened to me in the ministry. And some things happened with my family. I went through a bad marriage. <laughs> I want you to look at somebody and tell them, stop rehearsing the trauma. Tell them, start rehearsing the testimony. Yes, you went through it, but look at you. You came out of it. There's somebody that went through something worse than you did, and they're jumping higher than you're jumping. God says, in this hour of your life, he says, I'm eliminating every excuse. You blamed it on your kids. Your kids are going back to school. You blamed it on your husband. You blamed it on your wife. You blamed it on your finances. God says, I'm eliminating every excuse. I mean, what's going on in my life? I've been working hard, but I still can't get ahead. Every time I fix one thing, something else breaks down. As soon as I get over this, something else is hitting me. The prophet says, consider your ways. Yes, you're working hard. Yes, you're making good money, but isn't it something that you'll be in a season where you're making more money than you've ever made and still have less than you ever had and it's still never enough? Come on, be honest with me. Y'all, we got a whole lot of stuff, but where's your joy? No, come on, come on. We got nice churches, but it's almost like we got to conjure this up every week. We got to add another keyboard and we got to add another worship leader. And we got to be more and more innovative to come up with more jargon to try to stimulate you, to get you to praise the God you say you love. Something has happened. You got the money, but you don't have the happiness. You got more friends and more people who know you, but you still feel lonely. Oh, you got stuff, but stuff cannot fulfill that void. The only thing that can fill that void is doing the will of the one that sent you. They said, Jesus, we got some food over here. He says, I'm already full because it is meat for me to do the will of my father. It's the meat, it's meat for me. Nothing satisfies me. Like being in the will of God. Somebody told me recently, and out of their kindness and observation, they said, how often do you go home? I said, I said at my house? I said, well, maybe three or four times a month. They said, are you serious? I said, yeah, yeah. They said, I feel sorry for you. I said, you feel sorry for me? I said, don't feel sorry for me. When I lay in at night, I'm tired, but I'm satisfied. Oh, see, no, no, see, I know what some of y'all want to say. Prophesy to me because I want to be a millionaire. Why? Prophesy to me, I want a bigger house. Why? More rooms, it's more space where you need more stuff. And if you don't have an assignment for it, it's going to make you feel more empty. Oh, I'm finished now. Listen what he says. Hallelujah. There's something above your head. <laughs> he said, there's something above your head. See. We're constantly believing God for what we want. 
But there's some things that's above our head that we don't even know to ask for. There's some things that God has locked up above your head. And God says, I've just been waiting for you to come in divine alignment. I've been waiting for you to take the divorce. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to send back the fruit. Hallelujah. I know it's hard for you because it's what you know, but God says, I want you to know I got something better for you. He says, I fixed it where the heavens have not released any do. And I fixed it, hallelujah, where the fruit won't come out of the ground. But he says, when you come back, my God, hallelujah, when you return, he says, there's going to be a release. And I came all the way to Kilburn tonight to ask you, are you ready for the release? I know, I know. All of you have been focusing on what you lost. And you're focusing on who left. And you're focusing on what didn't happen for you. But God tell you, I'm getting ready to do something in your life. I'm getting ready to open up one door that's going to make up for the last three doors that were shut. I need somebody to shout at me right now. You keep on talking about who left, but God says, I'm going to send one person in your life to make up for the people who left your life. This is the season where God says, I'm going to cut off the liabilities because I'm about to release some assets in your life. Somebody on the balcony shout. Somebody in the back shout. Somebody in the front shout. Shout, I'm ready for the release. I'm ready for the release. That's going to be a divine release. That's why I got to give God what he wants. And he's going to give me what I need. Somebody lift up your hands and shout, Lord, I'm ready. Somebody watching online, shout, Lord, I'm ready. Whatever you're calling for me, whatever you're required to be in this season, I'm coming in agreement with it. I'm coming in agreement. I'm coming in I'm coming in agreement with it. I said I'm coming in agreement with it. It don't work for you until you come in agreement with it. I don't know what God is requiring of you. I don't know what God is requiring of you. You know. You know. Oh, Shanda. You know what God is requiring. I want you to lift up your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost of God in this place. Lift up your hands. Oh, He said the heavens have been held up. Whoo. There are miracles that are above your head. And you say you've been waiting on God. God said I've been waiting on you. And I'm speaking to you in this house tonight. When you do this release, God is going to release. When you lay something down, God is going to lay something on you. And I'm telling you, it ain't going to take all week to happen. And I know we got expectation for the end of this week. But I feel there's, there's something pregnant in this atmosphere. Oh, Ramashanda. I come to speak to some preachers in this room. That you said I really should be a little further along in my ministry than where I am right now. And you can blame everything and everybody else. But there's something in me God is requiring. I'm coming to speak to some people that are working in leadership. God says there's another level of grace that I want to put on your life but I'm ready for you to come into divine alignment. Somebody open up your mouth and shout Lord I release it. Whatever you're asking for me, come on tell him, tell him because this is revival. Lord I repent. I sever 
the connection with the captivity that I've been connected to I cut off relationships that have kept me polluted and God I'm returning I'm returning my time has been occupied I've been guilty of the sin of business I've been busy but not productive I've been lured in with good ideas and not God ideas I've been lured in with other people's expectations I've been exposed to other people's dynamics and it caused a frustration in me but tonight I want to be ready for your release but tonight I want to be ready for your release but tonight I need a revival in my spirit I need a revival in my spirit created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me restore unto me the joy of my salvation I've been preaching to everybody else I've been encouraging everybody else but tonight my hands are lifted tonight my this open and I'm saying do it for me tonight Lord do all of us do it for me tonight Lord do it for me tonight Lord I'm telling you there's a there's something that's above your head I want you to know that for many of you what's above your head is a redemption of time because some of you there are a few decisions that set you back but I want you to just lay back right now in the Holy Ghost and I want you to point your lips toward heaven as a trumpet and when I count to three tonight, I want you to blow your trumpet in Zion. And when that sound hits the cloud that's above your head, I'm declaring to you that God is going to restore back unto you the years. Hallelujah. That the enemy devoured. I'm speaking to you right now. I'm speaking specifically that some of you 2015 was a turning point. But I come to tell you that what took a long time, God says I'm going to deliver in a short time. When I count to three, that's going to be a redemption of time. You're getting ready to live like it never happened. You're getting ready to operate without the trauma. You're getting ready to function without the pressure. When I count to three, I want you to believe tonight that time is coming back to you. There's a car you don't need back. There's a relationship you don't need back. But God, if you just give me time back, I heard Joshua said, if you hold the sun still, it'll give me time to get the victory. When I count to three, even you that's at home, you ought to get on your neighbor's nerves. I'm shouting for time. I'm shouting for redemption. I'm shouting for the recall of what I lost. I'm shouting for the recall of time I wasted. One, two, three, shout. 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 It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming. Oh. I said it's coming back. Don't stop shouting. It's coming back. There's a restoring of all things. It's How? Shalabada Bahaya. 
Somebody shout release, 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 release. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. Usha. I'm finished. I know. I know Usha. I know there's an anointing in the pulpit, but there's somebody close to you right now. Usha is carrying some oil with God. If if there's somebody in here that you're comfortable with, don't touch their hand, but you lay your hands on their shoulder tonight. Just lay hands on their shoulder if you're comfortable with the person you're standing there. Whoosha. Mm. Hallelujah. I feel a release tonight. Hallelujah. You know how we keep saying God is going to do it on this road? I really believe God is going to do it on this road. Shandese. Mmm. I want y'all to get ready. All three of you get ready for a massive turn. Listen to what he says. God turned their captivity. God turned that captivity. I want you to shout for the person beside you. Tell them double is coming. Oh, whatever you felt like you lost, double is coming. Are you touching? Are you touching it? Are you touching it? I feel. I feel a weight of glory in the throne. As a matter of fact, some of you are getting ready to find out what the last season was really about. It didn't come to crush you. Ah, Shambande. Ah. It came to bring the best part of you out. Then listen. I want you to look at that person and tell them my, that first shout was for me. But tell them, but this next shout is for the release that's above your head. Shout for your name.
I'm ready for the I'm ready for the release. I'm, I'm ready. I want you to consider that the reason why it is taking so long is because it's gonna be bigger than what you pray for. I'm, I'm getting ready to move. But I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Because you need to understand this. This release ain't just about you. Scream at somebody tell them, this is for my family. The enemy. Now listen. Don't you, I'm not a false prophet, so don't you be a false receiver. If your family hasn't been under any warfare, this is not for you. But if your family has been in warfare in this last season, the enemy has attacked their physical health. The enemy has attacked some of us economically. The enemy has attacked our children and our marriage. I want you to take 30 seconds and begin to dance because this is going to be a release for my whole family. My whole Release. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.